All right, listen, this is the 100th episode, and that's how we're fucking treating it. Last episode, I, I kind of fucked my shit up. I, I wanted to do a Q&A for the 100th episode because I thought it would be fun, but then I realized that I was at 99, so last week I just made the episode 99.5 because I didn't want it to be a, like, I didn't want a kicks-only episode to be the 100th episode because that's only, like, for a 38% of my audience, Um but here we are, celebrating the fucking 100th episode. If you're listening to this right now, I really appreciate you. And thank everyone that's fucked with this podcast, whether you've listened to one episode, this might be your first time, you might have checked it out. Regardless of what it is, you giving me a fucking little bit of your attention means the world to me. Now, uh, I have some very fucking fun, controversial, some sexual questions that I want to be answering and it's going to be a great fucking episode. I'm feeling great about it. But uh, what I have to talk about first, what I want to talk about first is this Crystalia thing. Um, I People have messaged me within the past week and they were saying like, what the fuck happened? Did you know about this? How are you doing? I had a lot of people that were just like, I'm sorry that that happened to your buddy. Um, was he like a fucking best friend of mine? Absolutely not. Was he a friend of mine? I would consider him a friend. He would consider me a friend 100%. Uh, we had texted a lot. We had met a few times. We had gotten coffee. I had sold him shoes. I was his plug for a while. And uh, and I mean, I kind of still am. Like, I don't really know what's going to I don't think he's going to be buying shoes now. But if he did, like, I don't know. I don't know about all that. But I haven't sold shoes for to him in a while. But for a while there, I was his fucking consistent plug. So... He also like got busy with movies and shit, so I didn't really like pressure him to buy stuff. Um, so here's my two cents. Okay, I'm gonna try to not make this long. I met Crystalia two and a half years ago, and I was a huge fan of him for fucking years from doing little stand-up shows like with fucking Brett Ernst and all them at the live at the Laugh Factory. Uh, when there was like a video, there's a video on YouTube that's called like J Bro. I remember watching that when it was new. And that's got to be like seven or eight years old now. So I've fucked with Chris D'Elia for a long time. Um, I've heard old podcasts that he's done with Brian Callen that are fucking forever ago. I've heard him guest starring on like little shitty kind of radio stations, like right when he was starting to blow up. Uh, I followed him for a while. I personally never got this fucking vibe from him. And uh, I, I'm really upset to hear everything that happened. Fucking, it, it sucks because like I look at pictures of me and him and it's like you look at a picture of like you and an ex-girlfriend. Like you just get this like fuck, man. You know, like it, it hurts, you know. Uh, and that it sucks because that's not like, that's not who I knew him as. And I don't want to completely write, write him off because I'm not going to sit here and lie. Like I grew a relationship with him that was very genuine. Me and him had had talks about like face-to-face -face talks about high school, about fucking bullying, about like trying to get bigger and what, what he was giving me advice on, like how I can blow my shit up faster. Uh, we had talked about family life. He knows my aunt. Like we, we have a little connection that we, that we had there. And when you connect with someone that's a celebrity or someone that you idolize, now you're friends with them. It's like you get a whole different appreciation. Now it's like, holy fuck, you get like a, I like, like you won a trophy or some shit. Like you're happy to know that person. And me being a guy having a friendly relationship with him, 
I understand the like the level of attraction that that like not a level of attraction, but like if he texts me, I need to make sure I fucking answer right away. And I'm like hyped to answer because he's a busy guy. He's a celebrity. Like I got to be on top of my game. So if that's that's how I get in business mode with these celebrities. But for a girl that's underage to be a fan of someone and now they're texting you the fucking level of like, holy shit how excited you would be. I could only imagine when I was 16 years old, my dream fucking like celebrity star. I'm trying to think like off the top of my head. Um, let's say Jennifer Aniston. If Jennifer Aniston messaged me and I was 16 years old and she was like, Hey, you're cute as fuck. Okay. She said, Hey, want to make out? I would be like, yep. What fucking, where, where do I have to go? I'm going right now. Like, I don't care. I would be a hundred percent game. And that's obviously it's a little bit different because I'm a fucking male. I don't know what it's like to be an underage girl, obviously, but I can only imagine that as human beings, we all kind of have the same, uh, response to when a celebrity messages you, holy fuck, this is crazy. So I believe a lot of the screenshots that came out. Um, I believe them because it's not that far fetched of, you know, if you, when I look at, okay, I'm going to break this down for you guys really quick because I followed him for a long time. I know that Chris D'Elia, when he was younger, he wasn't necessarily super attractive. He didn't have like, he wasn't like a stud in school. He wasn't super popular. He wasn't crazy attractive. He didn't sleep with a lot of girls at a young age. Um, and he actually had friends that were athletes and friends that were very good looking friends that slept with a lot of girls. So I know that like, in my mind, I don't know. I'm not going to say I know anything. Um, in my opinion, I think that the story makes sense because when you go through like, you know, you didn't really get girls a lot in high school and then you get famous and now you're getting a ton of women. I think in some fucked way that maybe like because he was famous and was able to get all these 30 year old, 40 year olds, the only girls that he could never get now was was girls that were underage because when he was underage and the girls were the same age as him, he wasn't getting them, you know, and then he got famous and then, and you know, he's a very attractive, I think he's a very attractive fucking guy. I, I love the long hair look. I wish I could pull it off. Uh, he's six foot three, you know, there's like, he's, you're, he's a pretty good looking guy, but the fucking unfortunate part is you're good looking, you have money, whatever the fuck it is, whatever you have going for you. When you're younger, your brain kind of gets warped. If I get like shut down by brown haired girls all the fucking time, I bet you in the future, I might just kind of incline more towards blondes because I'd be like, fuck, my record's really shitty with blonde haired girls I, or with brown. You get what I'm fucking saying. Um, as you're growing up, that kind of that kind of stuns your perspective on hooking up with people. And Maybe that's just a fucking, this is completely shot in the dark. Just one of my thoughts. It's a little psychoanalysis from your boy, but I kind of think that that might be where some of that came from, which was like, you didn't really get girls when you were younger, then you got older, then you could sleep with whoever the fuck you wanted. But at the same time, the only challenge to you now, because you have money, you have nice cars, you have fucking, you're six foot eight. Like you're famous, you're rich, people know you, you're funny as fuck. You have so many things going for you, but maybe that's what it was. Maybe the, his kryptonite was like, I can never get girl, like I, or I didn't get them when I was younger. So now maybe that's, he's like subconsciously was attracted to girls that were younger. I don't know. I, I don't want to believe that, you know, but 
I, I can draw maybe like semi-parallels and that's kind of how I debunked it in my head. So that is a debunked. Um, so yeah, it sucks and it's fucking heartbreaking because that's not something that you ever want to see someone go through. But at the same time, it doesn't help to side with them. Just because you're a fan of someone, just because you love someone's artwork or their content or their videos or whatever the fuck it is, the second that person starts to fucking get exposed for being a predator or molesting women or showing your dick or sending nudes to underage, like that's where you have to look at it as a human being, not as a fan. You have to look at that as you've never met this person before. What do you think? Most people are going to say it's fucked up. Just because the guy's hilarious, just because his podcast is hilarious, just because his stand-up is hilarious, doesn't mean that he gets a force field where he gets to rape women and other people fucking go to jail for it, but he doesn't. You know what I mean? So as much as I'd love to sit here and side with him and really agree on everything and stick up for him... Uh, when you get screenshots from 10 women, 15 women, uh, and they're all similar stories and they're from different platforms that are also can be tracked and can be proven. It's like, it's too, it's too much to go against it. If it was one girl that had a story, I might be like, Hey, you know what? It's probably a fucking lie. She's probably just trying to get money, but nah, it's fucking, it's, it's kind of a wrap at this point. Um, and we'll see where he goes. I think that moving forward, you know, if you, I think the only thing you can do in a situation like that is come clean and just be like, look, I fucking, I fucked up. You know, I, uh, I did this, this, and this, and I, and I fucked up. But even then it's like, I would, I remember being 18 and being in high school and wanting to date a girl that was a year younger than me. I was a senior, she was a junior and like freaking the fuck out because I'm 18, she's 17. What if I go to jail? What if I'm a fucking rapist? Oh my God. And I had never even had sex with her. It was just the thought of like, what if I do have sex with her? And then 10 years later, she comes out and says, Hey, he was a year older than me. And now it's like, that's something. And, and, I, and I was like overreacting because I wanted to be safe rather than sorry. But, uh, that's something that you could stick up for. You know, if he was an 18-year-old and he'd slept with a 16 or a 17-year-old, you might be able to look at it and say, okay, look, they're both in high school. They were fucking seeing each other every day. It happens in high school all the time. I know freshmen that were dating fucking freshmen in high school that were dating freshmen in college. Uh, that's different. That's something that I guess you could kind of stick up for. And you got to still read the lines and or read in between the lines and make sure was it consentful? Did they both agree? Like, is there text proof that they were both like wanting to do this shit? But I don't know, man, 30 years old and 18, 30 years old and 16. Like, that's just fucked. There's no angle you can look at that, that that's okay. And if you do think that that's okay, then you're either too brainwashed by entertainment and the fact that he was a great artist in his work as being a comedian, um, or you yourself are a fucking sick thing. So, that's that. Um, sorry that that rambled a little bit, but I, I don't, like, I don't know what else to say other than that. That's my opinion. I, I hope that he fucking figures his shit out. Um, I don't think he should be like killed. I don't think he should be fucking in jail for the rest of his life. But I think that there should be consequences. And part of that's going to be, you know, you don't get to 
deal from Netflix. You might not be able to go to the fucking belly room every week or for a fucking couple of years. Uh, you know, things that are going to affect his career is going to fuck him up a little bit and teach him a lot about this shit. And, uh, you know, maybe a few years from now, he'll come back and we'll give him a second chance together. But until then, we'll see what happens. Now, we're going to get into the fucking rest of the Q&A. Um, again, it's the 100th episode, so I wanted to I wanted to get questions that I would give good answers to. There's a couple questions that are just like easy, quick answers. But um, I'm going to start off with this one. This guy asks, are you happy? And it's a good question because nobody really asks that. You know, nobody asks, are you happy? They just say like, how are you doing? Um, and I would say that like as a whole, you know, probably not. I don't think I'm that happy, like 100%. Um, I think day to day, I live my life making decisions and doing things that bring me up and that make me happier, whether it's like working out a little bit or going to my fucking job now that I'm working at like two men in a truck. I'm like, I work for like a hard manual label, labor working company now. So um, it's kind of like, it's, it's a lot of hard work. I'm sweating my ass off all day. I've never done anything like that. Um, I really enjoyed the job because I wanted to just get the fuck out of the house and like get to do something. And I'm not going to go to a restaurant because it's like thousands of people that are in and out every week. But moving was like, I wear a mask. I wear gloves. I'm all covered up. I fucking, I'm just like a warrior in this 89 degree weather. And there's only one person in the house. It's, it's safe enough where I'm not going to worry about COVID and I don't have to like, get germ fucked. But um, at the same time, though, doing that, it does make me happy because I can like, I feel like I'm, I feel good when I'm like lifting shit and I'm like working and I'm making money in any way possible. I don't give a fuck if it's making $2 or making a $500 on a shoe. It's like, if I'm doing something that's helping, that's benefiting me and my wallet, uh, that makes me happy during the day. But you know, like, Big picture shit, when you say, are you happy? It's like, probably not, you know? I go through a lot of things that are just like, every other day, you're, you fucking, something comes up. You think about an ex, you think about uh, friends that you used to have, you think about um, family that, or like people in your family that you used to be close with that maybe you're not anymore. You think about uh, people and relationships that you've been in that you damaged or that you ruined. That And, you know, in the moment you might think of like this person's doing all these things wrong. I fucking hate this person. I'm going to get rid of them because I need to benefit myself. And then a year or two later, you look at it like how selfish was I to not appreciate the other things. And now I don't have any of it. And now I'm fucked. I, that's what goes on through my mind a lot. Um, I've, I've known fucking so many people. I was like so popular in high school I had like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of friends, customers, girls, whatever the fuck it was. And I chose to walk away from a lot of that for dumb reasons. And now as I get older, I, I realize like, fuck, man, I kind of fucked up a lot of, I kind of fucked up a lot of shit in my life. So I think that, uh, you know, I'm happy day to day, but as a whole, Probably not. I think a lot of that's why a lot of dark shit comes out too. That's kind of why I like to like indulge in um, sad entertainment or music or sad fucking movies and TV shows and really scary like fucked up like serial killer shit 
because it, it like, it just takes me somewhere else in my head where it's like, okay, if I think I got it bad, these motherfuckers got it really bad. I heard a song about a guy that his fucking kid died and, and it's just a brutal song. And I listen to it all the time because it's sad as fuck, but it's like, hey, this guy fucking his kid died when he was like one years one year old. Uh, I could get through, you know, losing a fucking buddy of mine that's still alive. So, yeah, I, you know, that's a good question, though. I like that question a lot because it's fucking real. You know what I mean? And I think that people that if I was to sit here and be like, I'm 100 percent happy all the time. Everything's positive and great. I would. I would be scared of that fucking person because that's a little too robotic. I think everyone should be sad. And I don't think it's, I don't think it's healthy to only be happy. I think it's healthy to be happy, angry, pissed off, sad, fucking horny. I think it's healthy to feel everything and really be able to notice that like today I'm having a fucking sad day and then ride it out. And then the next day today I'm horny as fuck. And then ride it out. I like to feel everything. It helps me remind myself that no matter how much technology is around me, I'm still human. And I'm not a fucking robot. Um, this is a quick one. What brands of nail polish do you favor? I would say OPI. OPI is the one. OPI is the best quality nail polish in my opinion. But Morgan Taylor makes the best brushes. Uh, Morgan Taylor makes this brush that's like curved at the top. And it's really easy for doing them yourself. Um, so for, for any of you self-DIY nail people out there, men and women, and trans folks, um, Morgan Taylor, use a Morgan Taylor brush, soak it in fucking nail polish remover, clean it, and then dip it in the um, OPI paint. That's what I do. I got the fucking, what, my favorite brush with the, with the good paint. Um, let's see. How much do you love Burt Kreischer? I really appreciate Burt Kreischer. He's fucking awesome, man. Um, I wish he wasn't so famous so I can talk to him more, but, uh, we check in every now and again and he's fucking always gives me nothing but like good, funny, happy guy vibes. And, you know, hopefully he doesn't turn out to be a fucking rapist, but which I really don't think would happen. But I know that, uh, you know, that's a guy that like when I met him, he was just so welcoming, so fucking helpful. He was willing to give me exposure, like just out of the kindness of his heart. Didn't ask for money. Didn't make it a business transaction. That's someone that truly gave me a friendly fucking great experience and that I will remember for the rest of my life. Um, I know that Burt Kreischer actually, if you guys want to go find some fucking tea on YouTube, um, bringing back the Crystalia thing, TMZ did a quick interview, I guess, with Chris D'Elia a couple days ago about all the allegations. And he said something along the lines of, I do not, I did not condone like hooking up with anybody that was underage. I did not knowingly get with anyone that was underage. Um, and then he said a line that was like, everyone that I had hooked up with was legal and full of consent. Something like that. And actually yesterday, Burt Kreischer tweeted something that was mocking those exact, like those exact, that exact quote from Chris D'Elia, he was like mocking him, um, which was kind of like a silent fuck you to Chris D'Elia, which I was surprised at. Uh, that's at least how I took it. Um, so that was, that was pretty wild, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I just thought you guys would want to go see that on Twitter. So next question, do you have a foot fetish? Fucking absolutely. I don't know what it is. 
something about it is just hot as fuck. And some people are like, that's fucking gross. There's a lot of gross shit in the world. People murder each other. People fucking rape little kids. People message underage girls. I like toes in my mouth. I'll take that one, you know? Uh, strictly women. It's a strictly male to female thing. Guy's feet, fuck no. Not into that. I don't even like my own feet. Something about a woman having nice feet is like, okay, okay, let's fucking get married. That's, it's really, it really wins me over. I don't know why. Um, it's also fetish. Like if it's weird, that's fine. You don't have to be into it. You know, people have shit fetishes. Why don't we talk about that? When people say like, oh, you're weird. You like feet. Yeah. How about the guy that likes shit in his mouth? You don't think that's weird? What am I compared to him? You know, so don't fucking, don't play the weird card with me because I'll pull out fetishes you don't even know are existent. And the fucking furry ones and the horse fucking, you know how many weird things there are that are sexual? I, in the car, fuck, people fuck their exhaust pipe. I'd rather take a foot in my mouth than f go fuck a animal or a car. You know, I don't think I'm, I don't think I'm weird. Um, Let's see, non-monogamy slash open relationships and jealousy. That's all he said. So I'm guessing he's saying like, what's your opinion on that? So let's say, first off, open relationships, I think are, uh, I think it's really cool to approach something as let's be an open relationship for now and then let's decide to close it together rather than go from friends to fucking dating and exclusive. I actually really do like a little bit of a bridge and I think that the talking phase is kind of a silent way of saying you're in an open relationship. Um, like I tell everyone that I'm talking to, like I've done this since I was like, I don't know, maybe 20 years old, the past like solid two years. And obviously I had a girlfriend for a good year and a half there, but before a little bit before my girlfriend and ever since we broke up, um, I've always said like, Hey, I don't want to lead you on. I don't want to fucking ruin your shit. I'm not trying to break your heart. I'm still seeing other people. I'm dating. This is, I'm single and I'm dating. So if you're not okay with that, then let's call it right here. We don't even have to fucking hang out once. I tell them before because uh, it, it's like, for me, I know I've been through the fucking ringer with emotions and women and falling in love and thinking something's going to work and you know, all that. And, um, I'm, and I'm sure some of you guys are like 50 years old and been divorced twice. And you're looking at me like I'm some stroke job probably, but to my peers, people, my age, I've been through a fucking handful of shit. Um, and I know that it's like, I would rather have sex with someone that wants to just have sex and that understands the game that we can have fun together, that we can laugh, that she could go home and then sometime next week come around or next month. Or if you leave a year later, we hang out again. I like that relationship that we both know hundred percent what's going on. I'm not fucking that into you that I want to date you, but I think you're extremely attractive sexually and, or maybe I just want a, a little bit of a hookup. Maybe it's not even sex. Maybe I just like to hang out with you and we hook up sometimes. Um, I think that's really cool because on the flip side, when, when you think it's serious and they don't give a fuck at all, eventually you're going to get to the point where you have to the conversation that's like, Hey, are we going to date yet or what? And then she's like, I don't even fucking like you. What are you talking about? Or vice versa. And then someone gets hurt and then you feel guilty and fuck all that. Um, so open relationships, I'm actually all for, do I think, 
keywords. I'm for open relationships. I don't think I'm for open marriages. Like I'm not into like swingers and all that shit. I think marriage is like that should tie the knot at exclusivity. But before then, have a little bit of fun. You know, I think that like dating someone, dating someone and seeing other people is fine. The second you're calling them your girlfriend, that's where you need to go over like, hey, are we exclusive or are we open? And then check in with them, okay? Because otherwise it's going to be cheating. So and to some people, to most, but yeah, you know, check in, open relationship. I know people that are dating that have threesomes. I know people that are dating that sometimes just hook up with people and they just tell each other that, that and I think that's like true love. Because um, if I love you because you are fucking amazing, you're funny, you're smart, whatever, and then you go make out with someone and you come back, it's not like you're not funny anymore. It's not like you aren't sweet as fuck. It's not like you aren't beautiful. You look the exact same. You act the exact same. Like you just made out with someone. So why should that? Oh, now I can't date you anymore. Now I don't love you. Fuck you. It's like, so I didn't love the person. I loved the fact that they were mine and mine only. That's fucked up. Um, like, so you should love someone regardless. And if they hook up with someone, you should figure it out. And if you fucking really don't want them hooking up with someone, then make the agreement in the beginning. This is fucking exclusive. I'm not into the idea of hooking up with other people. If you do it, I'm fucking gone. And then live your relationship that way. Then maybe you just love the person and you love the idea of exclusivity and you need both. That's fine as well. Um, so yeah, open relationships, I'm for. I haven't really tried them, but I have been in the spot where you're single and you're talking to people and they all know. And then eventually you fucking start to take one and you drop the other ones and then you date one. I've been there. So it's kind of like an open relationship a little bit. Which that's kind of non-monogamy right there is like talking to other like multiple people at the same time. Yeah, that's what dating fucking is. If you're single, all for it. Uh, jealousy. Now, jealousy is one is something that I feel like I've fucking conquered now. Um, I've, I, I was in a relationship in like fucking when I was like 15 that like I would like check my girlfriend's phone like crazy. And I was like a psycho little pussy kid. And um, it all come, it all came from insecurities. I was like, like, you think I'm skinny now? When I was fucking 15 years old, you could like punch me in the arm and it would be like black and blue everywhere. I was a skinny, as skinny little fucker. Okay. I was like five, eight and I weighed like a hundred pounds. Now I'm like six foot six, one. I weigh like 165. I got a little bit of meat. I'm still skinny cause I'm fucking tall and it's really hard to get like built when you're that tall. But, um, and I don't work out that fucking much. Um, but you know, I've, I, I have more confidence now and I have more experience now. And with both of those comes like, I think when you're, when you're confident and you have had experience with hooking up and dating, if you're fucking normal, you should be able to get like a, a feel of things and you should be able to accept, Hey, sometimes you fucking break up and your heart gets broken and you're sad as fuck or whatever. Sometimes you get rejected. Sometimes you get ghosted. You kind of go through this shit and it builds, it gives you like a thicker skin. So then in your relationship, in your marriage, you should be set up to not be the jealous type. Okay. That's how it should work. And I feel really comfortable that like, once I find someone that I want to fucking marry, I'm not going to like, 
wear whatever the fuck you want. I would push them to like wear hot shit. Like you want to have your nipples out? Let's fucking go do it. Like I want it to be something like that because I'm not going to like, don't you have to wear a turtleneck when it's 80 degrees out. There's some guys that are like that. I've never reached that fucking spot, but there's some guys that like they control what their girlfriends wear, what they, who they talk to. You can't have guy friends. You can't do this. Fuck all that. Um, my last relationship, I like my girlfriend would talk to guys that she had slept with and did it make me uncomfortable? Yeah. In the beginning, did it like worry me for a little bit? Yeah. But I would deal with that on my own time. Text her. I love you. Good night. And then be sad for a fucking hour and then think about it and then look at it. Everything's fine. I trust her. She's very trustworthy. She always was. And then that was fine. And that doing that got me over being a jealous, like piece of shit. Um, it's okay to be jealous. It's not okay to act on it when you're in the wrong. That's how I think. Honestly, I think, you know, everyone has emotions. You can't control them. If I'm sad because they're even when I'm single now, I'm single and I told a girl, you know, Hey, or a woman, I told her she was 22. Um, I told this female, I was talking to you, Hey, I'm talking to other people. I'm not doing commitments. I'm not getting exclusive. I just got a relationship. I'm not even fucking trying to do that. And immediately she just gave me very jealous vibes. And then I was like, Hey, this isn't going to work for you. You know, like I'm not doing this shit because you get jealous and it hurts your feelings. And I don't give a fuck if you do it with other people. She would be like, well, how would you feel if I went out with a different guy? I don't care. Like I would, I would ask you what you ate for dinner. You know what I mean? That's just how I am now. So she would use that as like a threat. Like, well, I'll go out with someone. Okay, cool. Like it doesn't hurt me. But when I would say, if I would say like, Hey, I'm going out with a girl, she would get really hurt by it. And then I was like, fuck this. It's not, we're not doing it because at that point it's like, I'm hurting you, but I'm happy about it. Fuck that. I don't want to do that. That's shitty. So Jealousy is something that everyone has, but controlling your jealousy is where people win or lose. And if you can control it, then you win. Um, how would your How would you feel about your partner staring at an OnlyFans slash admiring, etc.? Oh, starting an OnlyFans. Okay, okay, okay. So, if I'm dating a girl, if I, I don't like the word girl anymore. I've heard it too much this past fucking week. It now it makes. I have to start saying woman, period. If I'm dating a woman and I fucking, and she wants to start an OnlyFans, I would say, let me be in it because I have a fucking great, great cock, okay? Let me get 20%. The rest is yours. You can have a bed. If, let's say this is how it would work. I've actually really thought about this. I would move into a two-bedroom house with my with my girl, right? With my fucking, I said it again, with my woman, and we would have one master bedroom that was our room that we we only fuck in this room, okay? It's only us. And it's romantic in that room. We got a bathtub and all that. And then we have another room that I would make look so, it would look so fucking sick, okay? It would have like pink and purple lights all over. We would have like a logo for her fucking OnlyFans. There was like an LED sign on the fucking wall. We would have a nice ass camera. We, there would be like a, whatever the fucking toys they would want would be laid out on the floor. I'd get a big ass fluffy thing and I would set it up so you succeed at it. 
because that's how it should fucking be. Like, you, I, am I for the idea of selling your fucking body? You know, um, if it's fucking, if I'm a female and I have pretty feet and a guy's going to pay me 80 bucks to take a picture of my feet, yes, I would do that every time. Do I pay women for their feet pictures? Absolutely fucking not. Um, but would I, on the flip side, if I was a girl, I would do it. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I don't care. Like, and, and why should, why should I, if I'm dating that person, why, who am I to not support that? You're making a fuckload of money. Any guys that don't support that are either jealous because they're talking to other men on a webcam or jealous because they're about to make way more fucking money than you. So yeah, I would support the fuck out of it. I would just want to be in the videos sometimes. Let's post some blowjob videos and let me be in it. That way I could be like, hell yeah, you know, me and my fucking, me and my fiance are selling our sex videos. I would be 100% into that. So yeah, how do I feel? I would feel fucking great about it. We would make a lot of money. I would make my, I would make sure that if I was getting 10 or 20%, now I need to make sure she makes a fuckload of money because I also want to make some money and I only have 10, 20%. I got to make something out of it. And I got to make sure that she makes enough that she's like good in case we didn't work out or in case anything happens. I would want her to be like, hey, at least he was a great fucking business manager and really helped me blow up my shit, you know? So yeah, I would do that. There was a video actually online of, um, of people saying that like you're a simp if you date someone that has an OnlyFans. For all the older folks, a simp is basically like saying like you're a pussy or like you're a coward because you're like, it's like a, it's like saying a coward. So um, there was a video that came out that was like that. That's like you're a coward if you date a girl that that posts pictures in her bikinis or sells videos of herself masturbating or whatever. You're not a coward. Um, no, actually, no. Yeah, you're not a coward. You're just very awake and you're very comfortable and you're very confident. You're actually the, you're actually a coward and a simp if you try to control your girl and tell her not to do that shit to benefit yourself, you know? It's actually the complete opposite. This person asks, would you kill God if he was real and you had the chance? Uh, you know, probably not. Uh, moving on to the next one. Would you ever let someone stick something up your asshole? Nope. It's a one way out and fucking no way in. Um, not, I'm not even into that. I, I actually tried to think if I would be into it and I kind of played around with my girlfriend. We're like kind of trying shit and fucking nope, strict no. That was a while ago and ever since I've been firm no. Um, that fucking hurts, man. Like it just, it could be anything. It doesn't even have to be thick. It could be like a pencil and it would hurt. I don't know how some of you women do that. That's that's it. I actually think some people are just born with like a stretchy butthole and I'm not even trying to figure out if I'm one of those. This guy says, why does, why do the all lives matter group feel as if they have to stand up and argue against the black lives matter movement? Um, yeah, I don't fucking know. Shut up with all the all lives matter shit. We're not worried about that. That's not fucking Anybody that says all lives matter thinks that that black people are being treated 
equally as quote unquote bad as white people right now. They think that everyone, they're like, well, why do their lives matter? Our lives matter too. People that think that way are, are just like, like, there's something wrong with their brain because that, no, that's not, it doesn't fucking matter. We're focused on, on one group and we're focused on bringing them up. All the white people got to shut the fuck up for a little while. Okay. That's how I feel about that. I don't know why. I can't answer the question. It's because, well, I guess I just did answer the question. Yeah. There you go. Uh, Zachary Levin. Oh, I don't know if I was supposed to fucking read his name out. I was supposed to do him. Well, it doesn't matter. Thoughts on psychedelics to be tested to help cure anxiety and things like that. Okay. Psychedelics is acid, shrooms, LSD, fucking DMT, all those tranquilizers and all that shit. Um, those are drugs that make you see and hear and feel things that aren't there. Um, I guess, okay, I fucking hate shrooms. I, I'm really like anti-psychedelics. I think that it's not even the fact that like I would never do it. Maybe I would do it. It's just the fact that like I'm really, I don't like the idea that people think they have to do that to have a good time. That's what I'm against. It's like, and I remember that's kind of the only thing that I'm controlling about. And I'll admittedly say that. I think that if, if I'm dating someone, I don't want them to do drugs like that. That's the only fucking thing. And you know what? If that's a flaw on my end, then that's just a flaw and I have to roll with it. Um, that's something I could never get past was like, I don't give a fuck if you post pictures in your bikini. I don't give a fuck if you're friends with the guys you had slept, you slept with before. I don't care if you talk to guys or whatever the fuck it is. Some things I might have a little bit of a hard time with, but I'll always be okay with those things. The only thing I don't fuck with is you get high all the time or you're doing fucking psychedelics or you're like trying heroin. Like I don't fuck with that. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think that's something that's okay to control or to try to be controlling of. You know, if my girlfriend's fucking on acid every day and she comes to me and says, it cures my anxiety. Well, yeah, no fucking shit. Because if I'm stressed out because uh, I need to smoke a cigarette and I'm really stressed because I'm trying to quit and holy fuck, it's so hard. And then I take shrooms and now I think I'm in Japan because I'm seeing fucking dragons and like beautiful flowers and shit. Like no shit you're going to be fucking, you're going to forget about the cigarette stress. You know what I mean? So fuck that. I, I don't think it's good. I don't think that's the way we want to go because when I think of that, I also, and, and drawing a parallel to this is I would not want my partner or my best friend or my brother to do shrooms all the time or to do psychedelics all the time or even semi-often. I think once a year is like, that's okay. Once a year, once a year, you want to go to fucking, I don't even know. You want to go to fucking shoots and ladders world in real life? Go ahead. Any, anything more than once a year, I think you have a problem, um, in my opinion. And I know a lot of you guys probably do it a lot. And I'm not saying that you have a problem. I'm saying if I was dating someone, I would think there was a problem there. Or if it was my brother or someone I'm very close with. Um, now, at the same time, I also wouldn't want my girlfriend, my brother, or my best friend uh, using virtual reality all the time because that's it's a very similar thing for me. If dude, I was in the I was doing a deal in fucking Naperville the other day, and I swear to God I was gonna try to take a picture, but I just couldn't because I knew I was gonna get caught. 
There was two parents in the front. They were waiting for their food to be brought out to them at a curbside pickup. And I'm waiting for my customer to come. He's bringing me shoes. I swear to fucking whoever's alive up there in the sky. Um, their daughter was in the back with a fucking helmet on that had a screen. And she was in a v- he was, she was VRing in the back seat of the car. And it's a beautiful 88 degree day out. Your parents are in the car. They're playing music. And the kid, and I know it was a kid because it was fucking short and like kind of looked like little bitchy clothes. Dude, that's fucked up. Like I can't, that scares the shit out of me. That's like, because then you're so unappreciative of real things that you want to exit reality and you appreciate those things more, which in the long run is going to mean that you aren't happy if you're here. You're only happy if you're on a psychedelic or you're in fucking VR world. And then what's the long-term effect of that? It's like probably suicide. So I don't fuck with any of that. To answer your question, I don't think they should be, I don't think shrooms should be legal to to cure anxiety. Fucking, it's like obviously that cures anxiety, but that's not actually taking it and curing it. It's just completely blocking it out of the way and putting something else in your fucking view. Um, this is another very similar one. What do you think will be the societal effects of decriminalizing drugs? Schedule one and two drugs. I, I'm not, I don't know what schedule one and true two drugs mean. I'm guessing that's psychedelics. Um, the societal effects, I would say more shit. That's like, remember that guy in Miami that fucking ate the guy's face off. I would say there's gonna be more of that type of shit going on and probably less regular murders. I would say the murder rate probably goes down, but the public like freak out fucking like bizarre, crazy people rate skyrockets. Um, You know, I also can see that there's peace from it because rather than going out of the side of the house, you know, rather than like if you're fucking pissed off having a bad day, sometimes it's good to exit, I guess. You know, I could see that like with taking edibles um, wanting to get like a little high here and there. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes like you have a hard day at work, you want your body to fucking, your body aches. So you want to get high because you laugh a little bit more and you you don't feel your fucking back that hurt all day. I'm, I get that. And I used to be against that, but now I get it. But I, I know that my, that's my fucking line. That's my threshold. I will never understand wanting to be in a like make believe reality and seeing some fucking bizarre things because at that point it's just not real. You're you're trading real things for things that aren't real. That's fucked. Um, at least when you're high, it's like you're really laughing. You're really fucking laughing, and your pain is really gone because the CBD helps a lot. And uh, you know I'm a fucking advocate for that shit, but not for Schedule One and Two drugs or whatever she said. Date me or die. Um, die. I'm not looking at date right now. Sorry. What, oh, this kid says, what keeps you motivated? So what keeps me motivated is the fucking proof of concept that I can do shit. That's basically what it is. It's all looking at a reflection at myself. It used to be a lot about looking at other people and making sure other people fuck with me and I get X amount of likes on you or fucking YouTube and uh, Instagram and all that shit. And I always like really cared about that, which was a big reason of why 
I pushed so hard to be with celebrities and put my name next to big people was because like I wanted approval from other people that I was doing good. Um, and in the beginning of that kept me motivated because you know, you get the rush of like 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers, big friends, big fucking people are saying your name all over the internet. Like I had like a little mini fame run and that got me motivated. But what keeps me motivated now is looking in the mirror and knowing that I'm staying true to myself and that I'm doing things that I respect from myself. You know what I mean? Like I didn't get 10,000 followers and all of a sudden just like, oh, fucking let's do cocaine and do bizarre shit that I would never do. Like I don't, I didn't let it get to my head. I stayed true to who I was. And you can ask people that have known me since high school. I stayed the exact fucking same. And I liked that about myself. So I don't ever want to fuck that up. Um, this guy says, what's, Oh, thoughts on the conspiracy of Ellen being on house arrest. So there's an article that came out. There was multiple that people were saying that Ellen DeGeneres and Oprah and all these other fucking celebrities were staying home, not because of COVID, but because they were on house arrest for sex trafficking. And uh, yeah, that was a thing that people really thought was happening. And I absolutely don't believe it. And I absolutely don't even want to give it two minutes because I think it's just dumb as fuck. So uh, that's that. Dude, why are people so fucking on Ellen DeGeneres' ass? The broad is fucking like 80 years old. Give her a break. She's funny as fuck. She might be a little bit mean. You know, I'm sure she's got a little bit of the old woman anger starting to kick in. But like, she's really funny. Her show is happy. I know that there's a lot of shit behind the scenes that's kind of fucked about her. So I don't really want to stick up for her that much. But let's not say that she's sex trafficking. Let's not like just blurt shit out to hurt her name for the fun fuck of it. I don't like that. I think she's kind of a good person. What's my holy grail shoe? My holy grail shoe has changed a lot lately. Uh, lately, I really want the Dornbecker ones. Um, that's not my holy grail, but I really want those. I also, I love Tokyo 5s. That's probably my, ho my holy grail. Tokyo 5s or like a 1985 pair of bread ones that's dead stock. Uh, you can't beat original Jordans or extremely limited Jordans. You know, that's, those are my favorites. Fuck Yeezy. Yeezy doesn't even have anything in my holy grail anymore. What's the first thing you'll do when the virus is actually over? Um, I'm going to fucking go outside in a Batman costume with a fucking gun. No. Okay. I'm not even going to say that joke. Uh, I, the first thing, <laughs> the first thing that I'm going to do when the virus is over is I'm going to go, go to New York, man, go to New York or go to LA. You know, I go to fuck Fuck New York. I've been there too many times. Even though I love New York, I know that I'm going to love it. I'm going to go to LA. I haven't been to LA in a good like a year and eight months. And uh, I got friends I need to fucking check in with out there. And I would love to just be traveling again. First thing I'm going to do is get the fuck on a plane. No matter where it takes me, I need to be on a plane. I need to feel that. That's when I'm really in my fucking grind mode is when I'm alone on a business trip, meeting with people, whether it's for the podcast or for sneakers, whatever it is, or networking or meeting someone for the first time. It gets me in a fucking different level of grind mode, um, which I know that sounds cringy to say, but I just said it. Fucking grind mode, dude. I'm going to fucking be... And I know. I should have said that, okay? I'm cringing on the inside of myself. Um, okay. When are you going to propose to me? 
uh, you know, probably at this rate, I'm going to get married at 36. So fucking give me like 15 years and then we'll be good. How many times have you wanted to edit something or kept, but kept it out? Okay. Restarting. How many times have you wanted to edit something out, but kept it in to stay raw and real? Uh, a handful of times, you know, there were so many times, like, dude, the fucking first uh, guest episodes that I did with like JD Witherspoon and Don DePetta, there were so many times where I was like stuttering, I was nervous, you could see it in my face, I'm nervous. And I remember watching those and being like, fuck, I can't put this up. And then my buddy, my fucking everyone around me, they were like, put it up, don't be a bitch. Um, and I did it. I actually have one episode that I didn't post that was really bad. And I just bombed completely. Uh, it was an interview for a writer for a TV sh- multiple TV shows. Um, and I kept saying like the wrong, I said like the wrong actors for his shows. I said the wrong network that he was writing for. Uh, I said the wrong name of his fucking TV show that was his first TV show. Like I fucked so many things up and he called me out on every single one of them, which like wasn't really cool on his end, but at the same time I deserved it. Um, like rather than just kind of like dealing with it and then at the end being like, hey man, you probably shouldn't post that. You got to do your research. You got eight things wrong. Rather than doing that, he called me out every time. He was like, uh, no, I was never on that network. And he was like, did you even do your fucking research, man? He said that to my face. And when he said that, I like my heart dropped. I wanted to kill myself. So there has been times where that, that was the only time where I didn't, I didn't post it. But, you know, there's been times where I said like, I'm sure I said something about a fucking, about someone that I kind of regretted. And then I texted him and I was like, hey, I said this about you on my podcast. I shouldn't have said it, but I can't take it down because I got to keep it up. I'm not editing it. Um, There's also been times where, you know, I said like, I'm sure I said like fag or I said gay and it could have been taken in the wrong context. But I like, rather than like editing it, I just say right in the moment, like, I don't mean that in a homophobic way. I was repeating what someone else said. So I try to just, you know, you got to just keep it real. I say what's on my mind all the time. And uh, sometimes it could bite you in the ass. But if you own what you say, then it never will. So, you know, so I'm sure there's things that I've said that you can look at in different ways that are fucked up. But I think when you listen to my, my podcasts in full, um, if I say something that sounds wrong, I usually explain why I said it right after. What's my first Jordan memory? My first Jordan memory was being on, being courtside at a Bulls game uh, and fucking watching them play. My dad had like connections back then that were insane. Also, happy Father's Day, Dad. I love you. Um, but... I remember being courtside as like a fucking, I don't even know, like an eight-year-old kid. And uh, like Benny, the bull, fucking like grabbed my hat and like whipped it. And then like they ran and got it for me. And I think Scotty Pippen ran and grabbed my hat and handed it to me. And like I didn't know who the fuck they were because I was only like three years old. But I literally remember like him stealing my hat and throwing it. And I remember him like fucking with my brothers I just remember being like on the ice and all the lights and like on the ice. I remember being on the um, court and seeing all the lights. And uh, yeah, that's probably my first memory. My first Jordan sneaker memory was buying uh, fire red fives for my dad and him not really being a fan of them. 
and then realizing that I could make 50 bucks on them because that was that was it for me. Then I had a fucking business from it. So why are you so good looking? Uh, I'm not. I'm not, but thanks for thinking that. And that's also a guy that said that, and he's definitely joking. So don't think like, oh, he's showing off because he said, nope, it was a joke. How did you get into the kicks game? I've explained that a lot on the podcast. Um, I'm sure there's an episode. If you just look through my episodes of the podcast, you'll find like business tips or something like that. I've talked fully about that. Um, I don't know, 14 years old, like to sell shit. I went from selling suckers to clothes to belts to phones and then eventually just got into shoes. I guess that's kind of how I got into it was the story with my dad when I sold, I bought him a pair of shoes and then like me and my brothers pitched in like 50 bucks each. We got him them and then he didn't like them and I was like, oh, I'll just post them on eBay. And then I made like 80 bucks and then I was like, let's fucking go. So I guess that's how I got into it. What's your favorite episode that you've done? Two people asked this ex- the same question. Uh, my favorite episode that I've done, uh, fuck, I don't even know, man. Like, this one's really good. Like, I think a lot of them are good. Um, I really like the one with me and Kaylee and Morgan. That was really fun. I like the one with my brothers. Those I think those are great. Those are funny as fuck. I know that I've had some, like, I really peaked in, like, the, the 40s, 50s range, was when I peaked in viewers and I got, I've gotten some pretty good ratings in like the 85 to 90 range. Um, there was like, I think that quarantine realizations one is an underrated one. That's a recent one. Um, I enjoyed, I enjoyed doing them a lot. Sometimes I get fed up, you know, like I'm fed up right now a little bit and I'm, I'm just a warning. I'm probably going to take a week break um, like take next week off and then keep going because sometimes I need to fucking throw breaks in here. Um, but yeah, you know, I like them all. I like a lot of them. I actually, do, the only ones I don't like is episode one through 30 because that was before I got my neck surgery and my voice sounds so fucking different. And it's like, like nasally fucking like I sound like, it's like, what's up guys? Welcome to the kicks and giggles. Like, it's just, I don't know what the fuck happened, but this surgery saved my fucking life because I, I actually like my voice now. Uh, let's see. Let's get like one or two more. How hard was it to get in the business and who is your favorite person to work with? Um, my favorite person to work with, I, I don't know. There's some fucking, there's a lot of good guys in this business. Like, just, I don't know. Like Cody Garbrandt is fucking awesome. Uh, he'll call me after he gets his pair of shoes or he'll leave me a voice message and he'll like let me know that he got them. He'll let me know how he likes them, how they fit. Um, then sometimes he'll just randomly text me, what do you think of this outfit? Hey, what pants should go with this shirt? What shoes should I put with this? What do you think I should buy for this up-and-coming TV show? Or whatever the fuck it is, or TV appearance. Um He's awesome. Killer Mike, I've talked on the phone with all plenty of times. We always check in. I text him every now and then. Hope you're doing good. Hope the family's good. Love you. Love and respect always. He'll text me out of the clear blue, check in with me. Sal Volcano checks in with me now and then. Um, you know, the, the guys that do that, the reason why I bring that up is because that's more of a friendship and that's, that's the best form of business that you could ever have. When you do business with someone that's just business, it's cool. But 
when you do business with someone that also appreciates you as a human being on the fucking side and they like your business side, that's the best shit in the world. The, the customers that I have that I call my friends, Sam Roberts is like probably the one that I'm closest with. Sam and Sam Killer Mike and Cody are the people that I'm closest with. Um, Sam is fucking awesome. Uh, we have a ball together when I, I visit him every time I'm in New York and and on the same at the same time, our business deals go great. We do trades, we do deals. I, I hook him up sometimes. Sometimes he hooks me up. And uh, on the and when we're not doing business, when we're just talking and we're hanging out, it's like genuinely like great stories. We're laughing, we're having a good time. So those guys are the fucking best. Um, so yeah, you know that kind of wraps up today's episode. I really fucking, oh, I want to give a quick shout out to Keely. My friend Keely made these tie-dye shirts. She made a few of them. It's my merch. She just tie-dyed them. And they're fucking so awesome. And they're beautifully done. And I'm really happy with how they came out. If you guys want one, uh, I'm not going to do a lot of them because Keely does the work and I have to pay her, which ends up in like, she has to do a lot of shit. And I don't want to pressure her to do fucking 50 shirts. And I don't really want to pay for that, to be quite honest. But and I kind of like the the like exclusive. I'm gonna have like five tie dye shirts, five tie dye hoodies, and I'm gonna give some away and sell some, and that's it. Um, but these are fucking awesome. I love these. So thank you, Keely, and thank you to all of you guys that fuck with this podcast. Like I said, whether you've listened once or every episode, uh, thank you guys. I'm also gonna do a little giveaway. Um, I'm on my Instagram story today and I'm going to give away like a shirt or two. So thank you guys for fucking with the show. Uh, comment if you've enjoyed or don't, if you fucking didn't get to this end of the podcast. So have a great rest of your day and happy father's day to all you fathers out there. Um, if you are divorced and you have a hot ex-wife, maybe throw them my way. <laughs>